1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's Vacation Station Travel Show with Nancy and Lisa, you know, the crazy mother-daughter travel team on the Love Your Parks Tour and publishers of Big Blend magazines. So, you know, we always get excited when we get to chat with Glenn. Glenn's on our show. It's every fourth Saturday he is here on Big Blend Radio. And Glenn is Glenn Burrows is not only a long-time big blend radio expert talking about england he owns norfolk tours in england and he'll take people all over england through norfolk uh, even to france and you can go to norfolk-tours.co.uk so when it comes to england whether it's going out in a park uh, looking at nature or going to the coast uh, digging up your family history he's really good at that or taking historic sites his his company is really cool because it's All about what you want to experience, not a pre made here. This is what you need to do when you travel over. So, today he's joining us to talk about what you can experience in the fall season. He's got a great article up on blendradioandtv.com. Just look in the travel section or just type in fall in England in the search box and you'll see it and see his beautiful photos. So, welcome back, Glenn. How are you?
2: Hello. Yeah, great here. Thanks. Yeah, had a lovely day and the sun is shining still. So, that's all good.
1: Wow! Well, I know it's a little warm. Do you really believe autumn is going to arrive, as you say in England?
2: Yes, just round the corner.
1: Yeah, Mm. it's been warm over there, hasn't it this year?
2: Yeah, we've we have had the hottest and the longest, hottest and driest summer since at least 1976, which is the last one I remember anything like this. Um, And the, for instance, the the grain harvest is already in which is totally amazing that it's already all been harvested. My son-in-law's farm, he's just got a few beans to, to get. But apart from that, everything is already in. He had a wow. fantastic hay harvest um, so he, because he cuts hay as well for the horses. And his his grain harvest is all in. And the, the fantastic thing is that um, it doesn't need drying this year, which is going wow. uh, to... Sort of, going to be really good for them
1: oh wow well so there's some benefits to these heat waves you know well fall fall over here is is such a popular season to travel and i think the weather you know it's we're getting away from the extremes in fall like spring it's not these big extremes Um, but what's it like in england in regards to temperatures that should cool down but you do you get those nice sunny days or does it rain a lot what's the weather like
2: Normally speaking, September and October are actually some of the best times of the year. And we we always sort of find that um, just before summer and then just after summer, we have some really lovely months. So that um, April and May are normally quite nice. And then September and October are also quite pleasant. You do get the odd day of rain, obviously, um, but you get some really lovely lovely sunny days the evenings can be a bit chilly so you wear a jacket but apart from that you know you can have some really really good traveling weather because you know you don't want to travel in the heat you can't enjoy walking around when that's too hot um so the the autumn and the late spring early summer are really the best times to to travel in england
1: oh nice nice now, what about um, apple cider? Is it apple cider season for you too, <laughs> like it is over
2: here? Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the best things about the autumn is is all the fruit. Um, we normally go to to Sandringham because the Queen actually has a massive orchard um, on mm-hmm. her estate at Sandringham. Um, funnily enough, her apple orchards are in a village on her estate called Appleton. Which is really good. It's a fantastic yeah. place to have an orchard, um, but we normally go there and we pick a load of um, like cooking apples, and we puree them down in the, for the freezer. And then there's normally a whole load of different eating apples as well, so we have a good selection of different eating apples to bring home. And if we if we can lay them up in a in the garage or in the shed, they can last a little while. But normally Mm. they they get eaten because they're so, so really lovely and crunchy. Cool. There's nothing like an apple freshly
1: picked off the tree. To me, it's just, you you know what I mean? It's just so um, crisp and juicy and real refreshing. And I, I, you know, if you're going to keep them around for a long time or ship them somewhere, that's when you start, you just put them into cider. Yeah, or, make or jellies cider. or jams. <laughs> you,
2: and... you can. I mean, a lot more I... of this is being done in, in farms now. We've got quite a lot of small breweries and um, there's a lot, especially down in the south of England, there are a lot of farm cider makers as well. So, you know, it's that sort of thing that I've tried to put as as you read further down in, in, in my article you know, actually doing things that are different, like like looking around a farm, like going to a cider press, like going to a brewery, you know, mm-hmm. things like that, which are the sort of things that I often arrange for my visitors, you know, so you can actually go and see where the apples are growing. you can see the cider press, you can go to the brewery, you can see where the brewing is all done. And... If you, if you really have to, you can even taste some, you know, if you really want to, and then you can <laughs> buy some to take
3: home with you. Yeah, yeah. I think Did, a tasting and uh, is a good idea.
1: Well, I'd what, love to the, do that. I know, Glenn, I know you love a good baked apple wrapped in bacon. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for that.
1: Yeah, i <laughs> <to> bring <laughs> that back up. Have to bring Everyone, you go back to our uh, interview with Glenn on uh, the taste of England and Nancy gets creative with <laughs> bacon goes on everything. Apparently, Glenn doesn't agree about bacon and apple. <laughs> yeah, i
2: not.
3: I think bacon would be good on pecan pie.
2: Well, all right. You, you, can, you can eat whatever you like. All right. Thank I'll you. Right there. there you go. <laughs> see, that, that, <laughs> I'll, you see? I'll, I'll stick to my cheese scones. Oh, okay. I'm
3: in Oh, but bacon and cheese, that's gone. That'll be yeah, good. that's all right. Cool. That's okay. Yeah, I got that. No, listen,
1: yeah. <laughs> listen, there's nothing like a good cheese scone and a really good cup of tea. Like a really oh, you proper, proper, good cup of tea. Like just, I don't know, there's something special about England with that is just mm. tea time. And um, I'm not talking about all the fancy sandwiches and everything. That's all great too. But there's just something about um, it's, hey, it's a communal thing. It's community <laughs> where if something goes mm. wrong, put the kettle on, you know? Yeah, put, it, have a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's like no matter what's going on for, you know, now, you know, we like our wine that way, too. But there's something about tea. And I think it's just the whole brewing process. I think it's the that it comes out, you know, the tea pot itself is it's communal. It's, you know, you could say the same on coffee, but there's just something about tea with mm. with scones and just being relaxed, you
2: know. And I, so and I, I think mean, I, I personally think that if you're going to have a cup of tea, you've actually got to have it in a cup cup and yeah. saucer you know mm-hmm. a nice china cup there yeah. is nothing like a cup of tea out of a china cup you know mm-hmm. it, oh, it yeah. makes it makes it special it seems to make it taste different you know it it really does if you're eating i'm oh, sorry if you're drinking tea and you're having yeah. your cheese scone on a china plate with you know a proper knife and it, it it's it's an experience you Know mm-hmm. it's not well, just. Then we
1: do have to have the sandwiches, Glenn. Now, well, we to
2: you know, yeah, and... yeah. yeah, smoked salmon and, and cream cheese sandwiches. Good, well, you so
3: know. My grandmother, that came from Hull, she taught me that when you have tea, you must always have a thin, she called it a thin lipped teacup. Yeah, and she's like, China. if you're doing if you're gonna do coffee, that's okay in a mug and a big, thick mug, that's okay, yeah. but that's never right. tea. You have to no. have a thin lit teacup. Yeah, well, It's refined. And
1: and hot exactly. chocolate goes in a big yeah. cup, too. And hot coffee, hot
3: is, coffee is
1: barbaric. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, you don't say hot chocolate over there, do you? You say cocoa, right? When, when um, well,
2: yeah, but we, we have hot chocolate and all. Yeah,
1: with marshmallows mm-hmm.
2: and whipped yeah, cream. Yeah, some people do that as well. I mean, I don't drink it myself. But, yeah, I mean, I, I do see people having hot chocolate with little tiny marshmallows on the top, yeah.
1: Yes, please. Yes. I'd like that, or, or hot apple cider, like nicely, like really nice and hot. Yeah. The other I mean,
2: thing what, too. What they do, what they do here um, in winter time is they will ha- have a, a, a poker in the fire, you know, a, a cast, a, you know, a piece of iron, a poker, um, and get it hot, and then they'll put that in a, a, a mug of cider just to warm it up, so you get a, you get a smoky flavor as well as the heat.
1: Oh wow! I never knew that. I don't think mm. I ever
2: saw it. That's cool. I've, never, you know, I've it's, never tasted it myself, but I reckon that it's, it's got a different flavor because obviously you've got the, the smokiness from the fire.
1: Do you, mm. do you have the changing of the leaves like we do over here?
2: Oh yeah, definitely. It?
1: Oh, see that's, there's something magical about fall because there all the spices start coming out. You've got yeah. to have spice and just, it, it's a warm feel good thing. And I think with England, you know, looking at your photos and in your article, you laid out a really good itinerary. There's something about seeing architecture in the fall and, and just seeing how the the landscape changes and the color of architecture of historic buildings. Like when people talk about fall colors, I think mm. buildings have really good fall colors, too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the sun falling, especially in this part of, of England where we've got a lot of flint. Um, the sun on the Flint really is quite amazing. Uh, sometimes during the year, I mean, in the summertime, the sun is is a a different mm-hmm. different sort of. I don't know why, but it is. And in the winter time, and in the autumn time, the sun is probably lower in the sky, so you've got more shadow, mm-hmm. so you've got more definition, and uh, and it really is sometimes so striking to see the colors in, in the stonework. So, you know, for someone who's artistic um, to Mm. come to, to come to places, not necessarily England, but wherever you go, go at different times in the year, because you're going to see something completely different. You know, the Mm -hmm. sun is in a different place. The, the shadows are different. The colors are different, you know, so going to the same place, a different time of the year, or even a different time of the day, you're going to get different shadows and different light falling in different ways. So, you know, sometimes you can really go to the same place, but it's a completely different place.
1: Right. And that happens with just nature too. Like you've got different plants that bloom, you have, you know, birds, the birding migration. How's that in in the fall for you? You were touching on that in your article that this is a good time of year to see the, the migration.
2: Yeah, I mean, birds, obviously, they, they come here in the spring and they normally go away in the autumn. But there are some birds that are coming to us in the autumn because they're coming south because it's getting too cold up north. You know, so it, it depends depends on what you want to see. But what, whatever time of the year you come to England, um, especially either side of summer, you're going to see a lot of birds that are moving through England you know, so mm. you're getting birds coming either one, di- one, one direction or the other, either coming here to, for for the summer or going away for the winter. So, you know, we, we do get a lot of coming and going. So that that is really an interesting time, especially up on the coast. You know, we get mm. a lot of seabirds coming through. And, you know, the the birds that that come up on the coast are are sometimes really, really quite rare. You know, we we get a lot on the East Coast because we're, we're on the East Coast in Norfolk and we get a lot that are coming up from Africa and they're going up to the North Pole and they seem that they fly along the coast rather than going across the middle of the country. So in, in Norfolk and along the East Coast of England, we do get a lot of visiting birds that you don't get anywhere else.
3: You know, yeah, so it says. Amazing. And you get 17 million birds pass through the UK during migration. That's a lot of birds, dude. <laughs> Who, counted Who counted I, them? Who counted them? I don't know. Lynn, you I run out it. of you fingers. <laughs> I know. It's like, wow. But you to get to you 16
2: have... million and you lose count.
1: <laughs> yeah. You, you, you have that big thing where all the birds fly together. Um,
2: oh, I yeah. Know, the, um, the oh, what do they call it? Oh, um, oh, Murmuration
1: the murmuration of yeah. is, the swall- is it the swallows that you um, no on, they, they
2: they are starlings
1: starlings yeah. that's right that's right you know we see that in some of the refuges we go to that have marshes and some of the photos i've seen that you've you've shared of of norfolk you have it, it's just so interesting to see the twin because you have these castles and cathedrals and, and yeah. just even outside of the area but then you have these, you know, little country roads with berries and hedgerows and yeah. farmlands. And then all of a sudden it looks like you do have some martian prairie land too. It we've, looks like we've got,
2: we, um, it's, it's quite strange really. We've we've got a lot of coastline around yeah. East mm-hmm. Anglia. Um mm-hmm. well, we've got a lot of coastline in, around England because we're an island. But um in Norfolk alone, we've got you know lovely sandy beaches. We've got um, chalk cliffs, which are, are really good for the birds. We've got a lot of marshland, um, and then we've got a lot of pebble beaches. You know, so we've got all these different types of of beach, and mm. a lot of this marshland, especially up on the the north east coast. Um, we've got a lot of marshland. And, and it is really, really full of, of bird life. And we've got quite a lot of bird reserves as well. Uh, we've got quite a few of the RSPB bird reserves, um, which mm-hmm. is the Royal Society for the Prevention of Animals and Birds, or whatever it is. Um, but it's all about birds. And we've got some uh, reserves up on, the, up on the coast, as well as inland. We've got some inland preserves as well. So if anyone is into birding, I mean, you've you've you're spoiled for choice. You've got so many different types of habitat. You know, we've got the mm. woods, we've got the woodland inland, and then we've got all these different types of coastal areas as well. So you've you've got you've got everything in one area, really. That's amazing.
3: What those? Lisa, what what were those bird sanctuaries? Was it Peter Scott? Peter yeah, Peter
2: Scott had a, a place yeah. up on the Norfolk um Lincolnshire border. Um so he, he his area mm. was more of the Fenland, which is also um has got quite a lot of, of wetland as well, you know, mm. tidal tidal areas that are sort of like well, they're not they're not river floodplains, but they're they're areas where if you've got a high tide, the sea comes up, and if you haven't got mm-hmm. a high tide the sea goes right out, you know so they're more like the um, the coast of Normandy where you've got quite a lot of really um, salt marshes, you know that sort of area so we've you know we've got we've got a bit of everything really, and we've got some lovely samphire up there. I don't know if you have mm. samphire in America it's it's like a, a yeah. grass, a seagrass that tastes a bit like asparagus it's a very light mm. flavor. Um, and that's really beautiful. I love that. It's a bit salty, but that's absolutely gorgeous. That grows on the salt marshes. Hmm. Mm. We're, we're so fortunate. we got everything.
1: <laughs> it, it, you know, it is. It's beautiful. And, and the thing, you know, just, I is. know you put this itinerary together and we're, you know, we're not following the itinerary very well. No, no never sorry. mind. <laughs> we never follow anything well. But, but but I think that's the beauty of what you do as a tour guide and a you know tour company owner is that, you let people go, hey, I, this is my experience and, and you make it according to what they want. But yes. like, it just seems like you've got all these properties. Oh, Nancy, it's Martin Muir. Sorry, Sorry, that, that's the
3: other oh, place. Yeah. I think
1: you were talking about. Um, but the, things like Blick, Blickling Hall, um, where you're saying it's the birthplace of Anne Boleyn. Now yep. this seems like it's not only historic, but the whole, like, it seems like you could spend a day there um, at the property, looking at gardens and then going shopping in Holt um it just seems like yeah. a that's a full day of uniqueness cool. I mean you even put bookshops there I don't know if it, if England has the same problem in this country like oh, we yes. have where um we're trying to save all
2: the bookshops from yeah, you yeah. know becoming one big kindle you know yeah. we but, just, but then you know, you know anyone like me you cannot flick through a computer You know, I just, I love to have a book that I can just flick through. And if I see something I want to read, then I'll read it. You know, I, most of my books are um, a nonfiction, obviously. Um, And you can't flick through a computer, but you can flick through a book and see a picture you like, and then you read about it. You know, so um, there's nothing like a bookshop. There's nothing like a library. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime.
0: Can I be real for a second?
2: You know, and, and places like Blickling, you should see the library at Blickling Hall. It, I mean, I could just spend a, a week looking at all the titles in the library. They're now, they're now actually going through that and putting it all on um, computer, you know, so people can see what's actually in there, because mm-hmm. at the moment you can't, because there are so many. But I, I was there the other, uh, must be a couple of years ago now, when one of the um, catalogers was was actually looking through one of the books and it was one of the really early um, animal books that Mm. was you know probably printed in the 16th century or something and he he had it open at a certain page and he was just talking about it to the people who were in the library at the time and um, this book had pictures of the animals well the People who drew the pictures has obviously not ever seen the animal <laughs> that they were drawing <laughs> because I mean there was there was one was there funny. was one picture of a of a giraffe um, which looked decidedly funny and mm. um, originally a giraffe was called a camelopard
0: mm-hmm. because
2: they thought it was a cross between a camel and a leopard. I know, that's so funny! Um, so them sort of things were there. <laughs> And, and there was actually a picture of a unicorn that was in a book that actually in the wow. 16th century, <laughs> they believed that unicorns existed because it was in a book about the animals of the world. Now, so I don't so know funny. whether unicorns exist. I've never seen one in a zoo. But the 16th century, people believed that unicorns existed. You know, so uh, these sort of things Glenn, are fascinating. Glenn, what do
1: you mean that they didn't?
2: Well, I don't know. Well, okay. I've there's that, one, but that doesn't mean to say they don't exist.
3: See, the narwhal is that one whale that has like a unicorn yeah. horn on it. Yeah. So maybe they saw that.
2: Well, I yeah. wonder whether a rhinoceros was, was <laughs> taken as, as a unicorn. Yeah,
3: you know? maybe. Who knows? That would Who be knows? more like a Clydesdale horse with a horn on it. <laughs> hey, you guys. You know what? There, there, was, a,
1: there was a zebra born um, a little while ago with, with spots. It was black with white spots. Oh, was it? Oh wow!
2: Huh. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. I Think know. So maybe one day, when,
1: I mean, it, we don't know because there's so many animals that did go extinct. You know, yes. maybe just because of, you know, Earth changes. I mean, Earth mm-hmm. has gone through ice ages and yeah. you know all kinds of things. Now we're
3: going through the political well, age. <laughs> okay, if you if you look at like dogs, I mean, a chihuahua came from a wolf. Is a descendant yeah. of a wolf or Pekingese Is a descendant yeah. of a wolf? I That's mean, weird. really? <laughs> That's so weird. Who knows? Well, um,
1: you know, but yeah. this is, but this is interesting about going to these places that do mm-hmm. keep history alive or tradition alive. You know, yeah. we want to keep the good traditions. We don't. We don't need to go out and kill tigers to drink their blood. You know, to mm-hmm. be a tiger mm-hmm. spirit. You know, no. some some traditions need to go away. Um, but some need to stick around. And I think there's something about fall that brings up um, nostalgia. Like, you know, antique shopping in the fall, for some reason, mm-hmm. just feels more like a thing to do versus summer. Summer you want yeah. outside. But fall, it's like you're starting to nest for the winter in a way. You're still yeah, out like- and about, but you're getting ready to go inside. And, and now we also know we don't have to stay inside during the winter. That's not necessary.
3: You no, know, I mean, it's also it's- holidays
2: are coming yeah I mean it it does it does sort of give you the realization that things are moving because everything's changing yeah you know so I I think I think you know any time of the year like you know springtime is absolutely fantastic because you've got all this new life all bursting out of the ground Mm -hmm. and then autumn comes along and everything is closing down for the winter you know so it's it's quite fascinating. But then again, everything is closing down for the winter, but we're still getting quite a lot of birds that are coming here to winter because it's warmer here than it is up north, you know. Oh, yeah, so yeah. so it, that also m- reminds me that, okay, so this might be colder than it is up north, but actually it's, it's, it's sorry, warmer here than it is up north, but it's cooler here than it is, you mm-hmm. know, down yeah. south. You know, so... Yeah so it, it, nothing is nothing is is fixed you know yeah. we're all moving we're all we're all moving along and we're, yeah. all, we're all getting older
1: all no, now hey this is something I do want to I do want to bring up is festivals like in this country we have a bunch of fall festivals and a lot of times they'll bring pumpkins out and yeah, we get yeah. into Halloween and um, then there's like because of the um, Mexican culture, we have the Dia de los Muertos, which Muertos, excuse me, which is like the Day of the Dead. When you go to gravesites and um, marigolds are everywhere, you know, it's just this whole other. F- and then there's a lot of nature festivals because of birds and uh, wildlife changes. But there, yeah. it's a very cultural thing. Food, um, you know, it's just a, it's it's just a, more cultural celebrations happen in the fall. Um, I know you have bonfire day. We like that. Yeah,
2: we do in November. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. It was just still fall. Like we're getting towards December, but are there, are there markets and festivals and fairs and things like that during fall or is it all kept for bonfire day?
2: No, no, there are, there are a lot that are going on in sort of September, October time. Um, a lot of the restaurants do special weeks in this area. I mean I, I had an email okay. this morning actually when there's I think it's end of September, there's the Norfolk restaurant week, where restaurants are sort of looking at changing their menus from summer to winter. So mm. they they sort of invite people to go and try different dishes, you know. So there's that sort of thing going on, and there's also lots of different um smaller festivals and fairs i mean like like apples i mean the local museum here at gressenhall um they have an apple day which is um you know where obviously they they talk about apples and they have mm-hmm. lots of different apples because in gressenhall they've got an orchard where they've tried to preserve some of the apple trees that were going out of fashion because You know, Mm. supermarkets wanted the perfect apple that was this color and that size. And then the old apple breeds were were going out of fashion. So the museum decided they were going to have an orchard with all these different types of apple trees in them so that they preserve the breeds. So they have apple days and, you know, they have lots of people who go there and, they have lots of cider makers there and they have lots of people who, cool. who, who you know, who, who grow apples and pears and, you
1: know.
3: That's all these important, ones. Uh, that's cool.
1: It, yeah, it is. It's important. It's very... We have some of our national parks actually even do this here um, yeah. or, you know, parks do it where they get the, they'll even go to local homes, you know, people like who have historic homes and see what's in the garden and try and graft. Um, exactly. Exactly antique apples antique you know pear orchards and um you know they're trying to save what was the original like our na- their native plants almost you know when, exactly. you, when you think about it and so they're trying to get those back these heritage orchards and antique orchards so we have a lot of that going on and it's important because even in this country we're doing it with turkeys you know we're getting down to one type of breed of turkey that everybody needs and we've lost what our turkeys i mean and, and turkeys a big deal in this country you know um, mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving and Christmas that's what people eat a lot of and it's all the same turkey and we have lost the heritage breeds and so there's a lot of small farmers out there keeping that traditional breed and I mean, mean costs a little bit more because it's a specialty thing yeah. but um, because of factory farming instead of the local farmer and everybody thinking oh it costs so much well we were just we were um, traveling I can't remember where it was a countryside farming area and one of those huge factory farm trucks were in front of us and they had a bunch of turkeys and I can't tell you Glenn these turkeys their (laughs) little beaks were trying to get air they were stuffed into tiny boxes feathers were flying it was the cruelest thing I have seen in a long time absolutely horrific
3: and And, and is that going to be
1: delicious at the end of the day, is that going to be something you want to <laughs> Probably eat? Probably not. Where the animal is stressed out. Well, look know? at it. this
3: cage on top of cage. There were at least five or six cages high. It yeah, was of a cool. massive lorry. So the, the ones at the top are pooing on the ones below. Yeah, of course they are. And so everybody's pooing on everybody. Poor And scared. Frankie's at the very bottom, really getting rained on. You know, it's it it's just And, and they're breathing up
1: all the fumes from the road. And yeah, they're just it, it is. I don't. I don't even understand why it's legal. You know, we it's have trendy. the SPCA and things, but this should actually be. It is. It's cruel. St- it should be stopped because animals yeah. don't know what's going on in the road. If, if you take your dog or your cat somewhere, some are trained mm. and love it, and majority do not. You know, they're like, "What do you? What do you mean? You're taking me in the car and doing this and piling a bunch of animals on top of me?" So it's a very. And they've done studies on it showing that if you kill the animal that isn't humanely raised that their their meat is tougher because their muscles are all intense. Yeah, you know? of course, yeah, it's common and sense. So, anyway, it? yeah, yeah, so that's we'll go back we you know we always talk about you know eat local, shop local. Um these farms are so important and I think fall is one of those things where the harvests come in, people start to realize, oh wow, this is the bounty we have in our natural area and the more we can support the local farmers with their pigs, their chickens, their eggs, their you know, they're antique apples, you know, the better it will be for the land and it's humane, you know, and it I don't tastes want to, better. Yeah. It absolutely tastes better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you think about carrots being all stuck on one big truck going across the country, all the <laughs> carrots are like, let me off. Let me off. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, save you, the carrot. <laughs> is there a movement like that for you in, in the country of uh, understanding fall and going to the farms and? like farmers markets and things like that.
2: Yeah, um, I mean this- farmers farmers markets are now coming up again more than they used to. I mean they they did have a a spate a few years ago, but then they all sort of fell off and now they're coming up again, which mm. is which is quite good, you know. It's, it's nice to see the local producers now coming out to actually sell what they what they grow. Mm um exactly. but what we do have a lot in england are people who have things at the end of their farm drive you know we have a lot of that um and we have a lot of people who if they've got a, a large garden they will put at the front of their house they'll have a little shed that's got mm. their you know potatoes or cabbages or cauliflowers or whatever that they grow um for sale you know so you mm. can often you can often drive through a village and there'll be a little shed with potatoes even flowers eggs fruit whatever um either for sale it. or or very often you'll actually see a, you know a, a bucket of of apples in the in the autumn especially you'll see a bucket of apples help yourself you know mm-hmm. because obviously there's too many and people can't use them all so they they have them at the end of the drive and people just help themselves to a bag of apples. You know, See, that's, that's what you get here a lot of, which is, which is I lovely. Love that it's it's about, isn't it?
3: That's yeah. really nice. And that, that's what I was going to
1: say that, you know, when we were just up in Madison, Wisconsin, and you know how we do our pet sitting across the country and yeah. uh, the couple we were sitting for, they have um, CSA, which is community supported agriculture, and so this farm does this where every week you get a box of produce and it's whatever's in season. Yep. And she's like, you know, it's all paid for. Do you mind going to the farmer's market? And I'm like, of course we want to go. You know. So we, yeah. we went out there and it was great to see Not only is it just um, what the farmers are producing, but there's flower farms, there's um, people making gourmet foods out of locally produced, like local honey, local butters and things and cheese were in Wisconsin, you know. And so it was small, but you know, you saw everybody come, everybody was happy. And I can't believe how much produce came in. She can barely, you know, keep up with it. And she's like, please eat it. And Nancy and I are going oh my God, how do we, like, Nancy's like running because it's so many vegetables, Glenn. You know, she wants her bacon. Yeah. But it, I mean, it was so good to see everybody support these farms and have that connection and taste it too. And it's so fresh, you know, you're getting yes. it immediately fresh. And and that's something like you a cucumber, for example. If a cucumber has been sitting in your fridge for a week, throw yeah. it, you know, put it in the compost. But mm. it, it just to have that taste because a cucumber there is going to be the cucumber. It's a, it's different than around the corner because we're in a different place, different soil, different climate. And so I, I just want to encourage travelers to look at farmer's markets as part of your experience. Exactly.
2: And that that is one thing that we always do when we go on holiday is we always look for the local market days because you, you get to see what is in that area. And, you know, you go to a supermarket; all the cucumbers are straight, and they are <laughs> all the same size, and they all taste like water. But yeah, if you west. go to, you know, if you go to a proper a proper <laughs> cucumber, it's it's all bent like a banana sometimes, mm-hmm. and and the skin might be a bit tough, but it tastes like a cucumber.
3: You know? Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> so it's it's simple, sort of obvious things that it. It's it just it's a no-brainer, really, isn't it?
3: Mm-hmm. It's true. Like if you make cucumber sandwiches, right? Quite. What's the point if you're using one from a supermarket because you know it's already at least six days old by the time you get it?
2: And wrapped in plastic.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> ew. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no,
1: no, it's not nice in plastic. <laughs> Listen, always take your vegetables out of the plastic. They sweat and get slimy. Oh, I know so it's well, icky. Them, take them out, take them out. It's mean, you know, yeah. Glenn, always fun to chat with you. I know we <laughs> derailed, didn't we? Did we derail a little bit? We talked about history, nature, you know, all the historic sites. And I encourage everyone to go read your article. It's up on blend Radio and tv.com. Again, just type in fall in England and you'll see mm. Glenn's article just type in Glynn and um, you'll get a whole bunch of articles. Like he was talking about Sandringham. Uh, it's something mm. we've talked a lot about and uh, mm. very historic. It's the Queen's residence during the holiday season. So when you go in like October, November, do you see them get it all like ready for the holidays to, you know, decorate? Do they do that?
2: Um, no, it's closed down at the end of October normally. And then they oh. they go through it and um, get it ready because you know the the royal family comes there for Christmas every year so it's it's normally closed during November and December but so they um, don't but
3: that they, they don't decorate for Christmas even the family the royal family doesn't
2: no no they they obviously decorate for Christmas but there's hmm. you know that's that's not done while the public are about we never okay. we never see it
1: oh I do see. they do it at buckingham palace do they decorate it like where the public can see or anything
2: um i don't know i've hmm. never been to buckingham palace so i don't know what they do there but i wouldn't have thought that any of the public areas would be decorated because the royal family are not there they're at sandringham
1: okay we uh, went to yeah. buckingham palace we were on the outside on the outside looking at it and Oh, yeah, I've been, think, I've
2: been outside, but I've never been in yeah, it. Just, yeah,
1: we haven't it, been in it. It's, it's, it's no I, you know, to, to me, unless you're going to see the Queen, like, outside, the the um the guards are really cool to see, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um oh, definitely. But, mm. but to me, like, when you see Sandringham, like, I want to go, my personal thing is Buckingham Palace is, you know, unless you're maybe on the inside or something. But Sandringham, you could walk the grounds of Sandringham, not go in and just be blown away with how the beauty of the architecture and the gardens gardens are gorgeous and yeah yeah it's It's just a a lovely place yeah i love it i love love it it. so everyone norfolk-tours.co.uk is the website for glenn keep up with them there he's also on facebook and instagram and twitter and of course keep up with us at bigblendradio.com glenn is here every fourth saturday so next saturday We're going to keep kind of with the fall theme and talk about trees of England. Isn't there a Robin Hood tree I remember from our talk? Yes,
2: there is. Yeah, in Nottingham Forest, there is a a very big oak there. Um, We've been there, actually. It's a massive, massive tree, obviously, because it's quite old. So um, I'll see if I can dig up a picture of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's massive. My favorite (laughs) word now.
2: Massive, yeah.
1: It's massive. Massive. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So well, well, thanks well. so much, Glenn. Always a pleasure.
2: Yeah, speak to you later. Bye bye. It was fun. <laughs> bye
3: bye.